Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Putting It Together. Uh, we're into the middle of August now. The Fringe is well kicked off. It's more than kicked off. It's in full swing, and I know that because I'm here in Edinburgh already. Uh, we've started rehearsal for the Lyceum and Bristol Old Vic's co-production of Twelfth Night. So I'm getting my Antonio on. Had my costume fitting today, the first of a few, I would imagine. Um, and I suppose I can't really... It's hard to even describe what the production is going to look like. It it's pretty exciting, let me tell you. Um, so we've had a couple of days of rehearsal so far, and it's that thing of um, starting to get to know the play, and particularly with Shakespeare, it's so dense. Um, although to be fair, Twelfth Night is uh, linguistically one of the more straightforward ones that I've encountered. I don't know whether that's maybe just I've started to get my head around it a wee bit more, or getting used to verse. Um, but also, this is one which has, it seems to be a, a, a lot more prose than some of the other plays. It's, I believe, 60% prose and only 40% verse, um, which may make it easier to read. Or, you know, the thing about verse is that, it, for me and my experience, it makes it easier to learn because of the, the distinct rhythm. So, it's hard to say. But, we've spent a couple of days doing various things including you know getting to know each other and getting a sense of how the play is going to feel and how we're going to work together as a company but also sitting around and dissecting it to some degree um to get a feel of what's actually going on and all the ins and outs it's a play with lots of mistaken identity um and lots of gender fluidity and for the mistaken identity part and the confusion part it certainly just is worthwhile to sit around and talk it through and um, take it to pieces to figure out, wait a minute, who's who's who at this point? Who's dressed up as what? And where are we? And what time is it? And what's already happened? And, uh, you know, all that stuff. So that's, for me, that's one of the really fun parts at the beginning is, is just getting a chance to, to not only get your mouth around the words, but get your head around what is going on. Um, because, you know, as many directors have said, if, if we as actors, as a company, don't know what's going on, then how can we expect our audience to have the faintest idea of what's happening? So we're doing that and it's a joy and it's exhausting and it's wonderful and it's exciting and it's nerve-wracking and it's all those things. Um, the first day was... First days, I find first days really difficult and I think many people do. You know, a lot of people that you've maybe not worked with before, some people that you have, people that have worked together on different projects all clashing together and just trying to figure out what's going on and who's who and what's this new thing going to be about and um, negotiating space together and, and text as well and all that stuff and yeah I, I think what's interesting is the more time goes on the more I have a sense of what's coming like I knew it was going to be a first day I knew it was going to be nerve-wracking I knew it was going to be all those things um, and even with all that knowledge I still ended up being really nervous and um, being surprised by different types of nerves and how I felt at different points in the day and I don't know if it's anybody else's experience but for me I just it's a day you get to the end of the day and it's so much kind of um, nervous energy has built up I was exhausted by the end of it not to mention just being exhausted from actually doing stuff and and, and thinking and um, getting as I say our heads around this beast of a play because they're not short these plays as you know Um, and it's one of the ones in which loads of stuff happens. There are there are lots of um, in the first act. This is what I've noticed. Uh, lots of setup happens really quickly in a really concise way, and then 
you know, things start to unfold um, over longer periods of time. Scenes get longer in the, se- the second and third act. And then there are single scenes where loads and loads and loads of stuff happens and loads of people come and go and uh, mistaken identities and, you know, all in one scene. So it's just, there's so much going on. And that's exciting too. It's a company of 12, um, which nowadays and in this climate and stuff is relatively rare. So that's great. Um, and many of the company or musicians all sing and the music's going to be superb i just know that uh the composer melior jones has come from wales and it's his first foray into theatrical composition so that's in itself is exciting um so we started to sing bits and bobs and it all has that organic feel of, of the first few days where you're just you're finding your way and you're seeing what comes out and yeah today this this whole notion of performing gender which um is something that i have definitely been aware of in in day-to-day life and how much how much gender is put on and um used you know effectively or when it's effective and all that kind of stuff but i've never had an experience in a rehearsal room of really breaking that down into its physical uh parts you know how do we walk and what if we walk differently what if we walk more on our toes and where does that leave us in terms of gender or what we as an audience read on that um as gender um what genders we read on to things if that if that makes sense i don't know it's been a really interesting day today um we did that with our our movement director and my pal emma jane park and um funnily enough i had been to see her solo work um at dance base as part of the fringe uh, on Sunday, uh, the day before we started rehearsals, so I had a sense of um, how how she works. Of course, I knew that already. But you know, we've worked together before and so on. But yeah, it, w- it was so interesting to go to the dance space as well because I, I've not spent a lot of time there, and I had that experience of of going in, feeling a wee bit out of my comfort zone, and then looking at the screens that they have above the box office. They have trailers running of of different pieces that are on, and looking and going, "Wow, this all this looks great!" And in a sense, I've probably sidestepped it because I'm you know I don't feel it's in my comfort zone or I don't know anything about it or something um so I was kind of in a sense putting my own place by myself by looking at those trailers and thinking actually no I do need to be I do need to be hanging about that space I do need to see some stuff so I'm hoping Emma will Emma will um take me there and kind of introduce me to some stuff because it's been a long time since I really properly saw any dance work until Sunday and it was great to see uh, some solo stuff and you know it Although it it's it comes under the umbrella of dance, most of it for me was not that far removed from the kind of stuff I saw when I was when I was at the academy when I was at the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama because I studied contemporary theatre and you know there's there's a lot of links in there so there you go I've got a new podcast dog not because there's anything wrong with Millie but just because I'm in Edinburgh uh, I've got Brooke beside me um, and Brooke is desperately wanting me to throw I'm going to do it just throw the toy. And then she goes and gets it, brings it back, and wants me to throw it again. I got up this morning, and she actually was at the door with the toy as soon as I got up. So, I'm going to do it again. I don't know if you can hear her shuffling about, but there she is. Uh, Millie's a bit more uh, sleepy during the podcast. She tends to, if there's presence, human presence in the room, she's cool. She just pretty much goes to sleep. Brooke, not so much. So that's different. That's just a change. So, my guest this week is my good pal Danny Heron, and she's about to appear in Rebus Long Shadows, which is a Birmingham rep production. It starts there, and then it goes on a national tour. Uh, she's done lots of exciting work over the years, and uh, she not long ago was in Long Day's Journey Into Night, which many of you 
I'm sure will have seen either at the Citizens in Glasgow or Manchester home. So yes, she's she's had a, an exciting career and varied, and uh, she's about to go into this new Scottish play by Rona Munro, which is uh, based on a story by Ian Rankin. So there's there's some big hitting names involved in that, and uh, the wonderful John Stahl as well, who I've yet to interview, although uh, by twists of fate he has been in the studio with me and things uh, went wrong with equipment and sadly the interview never made it to the save stage which is really awful and it doesn't happen very often but uh, he has assured me that when we both have time he'll be back so yes Danny is in with me today and uh, we've been friends for a long time and we if anything we may have brought the the familiarity levels and the laid-back levels of putting it together even down one notch further than usual. We just, I think we maybe forgot we were even recording and just chatted away, which was great. I hope you enjoy spending a wee bit of time in our company, particularly in Danny's company. Um, and uh, I won't prattle on much longer because Brooke wants the, the toy thrown again. Oh, one more time. On you go. So yes, here it is, me and Danny Heron, and we are putting it together. So you're a pace child? Yep, born and bred. How many years? So I probably joined when I was 10. Right. And then went there right up until I was 18 and then worked for them. And I'm still back and forth. you still do, yeah. Mm -hmm. But before you were 10, what was happening? Did you have a sense that you wanted to go there or was it just to have a laugh or what? My mum just told me she had to put me into it. Oh, you were just told? Uh, I think I must have, like wanted to go but I can't remember ever asking but mom just said oh you're joining this next week and I was really excited that's so strange I don't know it might strange to me because I was always like oh, I want to do this can I do this no before that I wanted to um, be a fireman you wanted to be a fireman yeah firefighter well yeah or um a detective all right okay um you liked a bit of drama yeah yeah were you a big telly movie person when you were like a little kid did you watch a lot of no, London's Burning was my favourite, genuinely. Sunday night, Heartbeat. Well, Sunday night was Bath, Heartbeat, London's Burning. <laughs> yes. I had a pal at school who watched London's Burning every Sunday. Yeah, I loved right it. Right out of the bath, yeah, yeah. Loved it. Loved the drama. No, mine, I had the bath before Heartbeat. Right, okay. Well, then you're different, yeah. <laughs> I can see how there's a difference there. I watched Casualty, but um, I was really scared of the theme tune. Like, I, okay. it's the first memory I've got of music affecting me in a way that was like not making me happy because <laughs> I would hear and it was really dramatic I used to hide behind the couch I can't really remember watching Casualty I loved the bill though yes I loved the bill but si- similarly well not scary theme tune but like dramatic I've, it's my first memory of no, like music telling me what the kind of show was about or starting the story I remember the tune you I just remember the feet the feet yeah what was the tune no, but the feet, aye. The bill was good. Someone talked on, on this show about the bill and about how the rules of writing the bill apparently are all the stories have to contain themselves in one episode. So it has to start at the beginning of the half hour and be done and totally sorted by the end. And none of the characters, we never see the characters outside of their work. So we never go to any of their houses or flats. Oh. Their personal life that they bring into the station, yeah, but like they don't. Budget. Yeah, of course. It's all shot <laughs> in the station or on the street or in a car. Yeah. Aye. So you got sent to Pace. Mm-hmm. And then, did you You don't remember doing anything before that? Did you ever sing at Christmas or 
I mean, probably it did. I remember a couple of Christmases where I made my wee cousins do shows and stuff like that. But right, made I'm, being uh-huh. the operative word. But I don't know. I was probably at pace at that point as well. Yeah. So when you got when you got there, what did you find? Was it just like? Do you just have memories of just hanging about with your pals, or did you? Was it? Was oh there no, a I was there of, for the drama. Oh really? Like I remember getting off the bus in LA. Like I've made it. I'm here. We that had kind of. To, so I must be in primary five, and we had to do like the workshop that I went to. And it was in the Paisley Museum. I remember that. Like in one of the side halls was where my group was. And I think it was my first week, and we had to give a gift to the world if we could give a gift and we had to show a before picture and an after picture and bring it to life and I was in primary five and I was like okay um we're going to do no no more drugs oh nice but I was like I remember like pretending I was on drugs like going, <laughs> ah! like first week went in this wee kid skinny wee girl primary five acting as if she's ectoed out <laughs> <laughs> And your um, idea of what it was like to be on drugs probably came from London's burning in the bill. <laughs> or the street I grew up in. Ah, well, yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to bring that up. And then what What was the after picture? Oh, just, you know, after it happened. Just all good. Everything was good. <laughs> Holding hands and that. So they did, they did pantos all those time as well, didn't they? Yeah, so the first year, I think it was the first year I um, joined, it was Snow White and the kids are the dwarfs, so... They came up to my mum and they were like, eh, can we speak to you? And I was like, oh my God, what's this about? And I had an audition to be a dwarf. And I was very excited about that. And mm-hmm. then I was, yeah, I was snoozy, the dwarf. Snoozy. Oh, because they, they have to change the names. And it was David Snedden. Do you remember he was in Fame Academy? Yes, yeah, I remember him, yeah. Uh, he was the prince. Wow. Yeah, I remember. When, and was he... A youth member of Pace, or is, was well, there like an was, adult contingent? Then, yeah, so they have the youth chorus and then right. your professional cast. So he oh. was, he had gone to Pace as well, but he was a grown up now. And he was, was back as a pro. Yeah, he was a pro. What was it like working with the pros? Did you think they were like the, the height of sophistication oh, and professionalism? Oh yes, so much. Like you loved them so much. You would adore them. You were like, yeah. Wow, amazing. So you were Snoozy. That yeah. was your first big role? Snoozy, the dwarf. I remember doing a, a Snow White and Seven Dwarfs at the Mitchell and all the, all the names were I'll changed. I'll tell you who was in it. Who? John Keelty. You're kidding. <laughs> no, John Keelty was in it. What was he? I, th- I think he was Sam Sam the Music Man and he played guitar and stuff. So then I did a job with John Keelty, obviously grown up. And, mm-hmm. I, and I was like, John, you, I did my first ever, ever show with you. And he was like, no way. That's amazing. I know. First, panto, first panto I ever did... Michelle McManus was in it as the fairy godmother. That can't have been long ago. Um, Brian, when was that? Well, no, but she was a kid too. Oh, Like, right. we were in the same youth theatre. You know, she wasn't much older. She isn't much older than me. Yeah. And then later on, when she started to get a wee bit famous, I was like, I was actually in a panto with her. Is she still playing the fairy godmother? I, I suppose she is, aye. I don't know what one she's doing this year, mind you. The Crankies are back. You excited? You're up to date with your panto knowledge. I love, I love panto. Are you doing panto this year? No. No, you did last year though. Yeah. I was back baddie, at pace. Back at pace. Oh, was, you got to I be was, the baddie. I was being the pro. I was, right. <laughs> I was back being the pro. And they looked adoringly at you, of course. I'm sure they did, I yeah. I bet they did. I didn't see it. I know. Uh, but you didn't see mine either, so that's all right. We were busy. It's a busy season. It's good to be busy. It's good to be busy. Hey, what were you again? I was a goat slash chef in oh, the Arabian yeah, Nights. Oh yeah, I didn't see you being the goat, but I did see pictures. 
there's plenty of those going yeah. around. Yep. <laughs> so from at what point then when you're doing all that, is there a point where you remember going, I want to keep doing this? Or, you know, like a decision that you made? What? I decided I was going to go to college. So I auditioned for Langside and I went for a month. You went for a month? I just, it wasn't really for me. Mm -hmm. So then I left and then I just worked back at pace. And then I auditioned for drama school. Right. So did people, did a lot of people from pace go to Langside? Was that like a thing that was happening? I think it was just, I didn't really... I didn't really have the knowledge or information, I don't think. that So right. I wasn't ready to go and audition for drama school, even though I probably was. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I was like, oh, I'm just going to... I thought I didn't have the money, basically, as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know about all the money you could find and all the grants and stuff. And um, So, yeah, I think it was a little bit, little bit of laziness and a little bit of ignorance. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. I always get interested when people tell me what they used as audition pieces at that age. You know, like when you went to drama school, what did what was your what were um, your audition pieces? It was Juliet. Um, <laughs> it the, always makes me laugh when people the death speech. I love that speech. I would still do that now. Yeah, isn't that it's like when you're seventeen? Uh, I don't know. I mean, she's young. Juliet's young, yeah. to be fair. And then Alison from Trainspotting. Ah, so two very contrasting pieces, right? That's what they ask for. <laughs> they want contrast. I did Hamlet. At Rada. 17 years old. I also did RP accent. Did you? Yeah, I did, yeah. I did, like, full, I mean, with no trace of irony or understanding what I was doing, just... just did like you get a, in? No, I did not. I got a recall. I got to the second stage. Oh, that's good. Well done. That's why I ask people, because usually people think back to their choice and they go, oh, I can't believe... Like, I sang Empty Chairs at Empty Tables from Les Mis, unaccompanied as well. Oh, very good. Uh, well, you well, don't I didn't know. get in, in my it. first year, actually. Oh, you didn't? Well, I only auditioned for Briss Oldwick and Rada in my first year. Right. And I got recall for Bristol, and I got to the last stage of Rada. Nice. But on my last, the last round, I changed my speech. I went to the Royal Court, right? This is what happened. went to the Royal Court bookshop. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found, I got all these plays and I found this play I really liked. And I was like, oh, I'm just, I want to do this speech. And it was literally like this the day before. And then tried to do this speech the next day, which was bloody stupid. What was uh, it? Um, I can't even remember now, so it can't be that good. Uh, <laughs> it was, I think it was from a play called Head Case. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. I can't even remember what speech I was supposed to be doing. But anyway, I didn't get in. Then the next year, I had applied for other to audition other places, but I went to my Lambda audition, mm-hmm. and I, I, this is going to sound really cocky, but I went to my Lambda audition, and I was like, that went pretty well, and I think I want to go here, so I'm not going to go to any of my other auditions. Oh, right. But thank God I get in. <laughs> Were there recalls, or was it all one no, day thing? No, there was, I got, I did get a recall, and right. then... And you're like, oh, I'm glad I patched off those other ones. Yeah, and then thankfully got in but I just you know how I, I really did just want to go there as soon as I went I f- felt it yeah you get that I mean? feeling um, do you think there was a wee bit of a spirit of rebellion in you picking that other speech the day before like just going no I'm going to do this now like I can do whatever I want or something I don't know I'm quite impulsive sometimes anyway right so you just <laughs> went no I'm doing this I, I was like oh that's really good and 
but it was a stupid decision now <laughs> if I look back on it. Yeah, but you know, it all led you to where you are, so. Yeah. You went to Lambda. When I was that age, I didn't, I don't think I even knew the Royal Court was a thing. Like, I wouldn't have known to go to the Royal Court bookshop even to look. Yeah. I didn't know that the National Theatre had a bookshop. Like, I thought that all theatre in London was West End places. Musicals that had musicals and, on. Yeah. yeah. And yet, I wasn't auditioning for musical theatre courses for some reason. I don't really know. Probably because I can't dance. Yeah. Very badly can't dance. Maybe you should have done musical theatre, actually. But the dancing would have just been... Yeah, yeah, but lots of people can't dance, and you can move, Bri. I, d- I don't think you have any evidence to support that statement. I've got, uh, there is, actually. Is there? That wee video of us doing that dance. Um, the Christmas one? Yeah. I don't think that's proof. <laughs> that was a Christmas warm-up at the sits. <laughs> yes. The day before, maybe the day before Christmas Eve? Something like that. <laughs> so you, you came out of Lambda, and what, what, what did life look like then? What did you think you were going to do? Like, what was the plan? Well... I got a job before it ended. Oh, did you? Um, I did. It was only understudying, but it was Chariots of Fire. Right. In the West End, which was good. Like, the company were so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I already knew James McArdo. Oh, he was in it? Yeah. And he was, it was James McArdo and Jack Loudon. Oh, who right, were the okay. two main guys in it. And, um... So it was like a really fun job because I didn't really have much to worry about. I remember the first time I had to go on, though, that was scary. Um, so you weren't on, like, in general? No. Right, okay. I, I'd lit- I literally, like, was like the theatre cat. I just used to hang around people's dressing rooms. Like, <laughs> have, you got, have you got a kettle? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Any biscuits? Honestly, I really was. Um, but it was fun, but I also, like, yeah, straight out of drama school on... A West End wage. I didn't save any money, and because I wasn't on stage every day, I was literally like kaching, spending the dollar every night, like, <laughs> every night uh-huh, shopping, honestly, buying stuff. Uh-huh. So then that job ended, and I was like, "Shit, <laughs> destitute again." Like, what have I done? Oh. And then I, I got, oh, I can't remember. I got a, a wee job on Casualty, like literally one episode. You were on Casualty, yeah. Da, 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 da. Of course, you don't hear it if you're on the set, so uh, you wouldn't be scared like me. It was just a little job, and that was fine. But then after that, it was like, because that was a long contract, and everyone had sort of gone through that together, leaving drama school, like not having any work and going through it. Whereas I was like, oh, what's everyone worried about? Like, this right. is great. You've had, well, how long were you in the West End? Yeah, like, oh, can I, nine months or something. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And you never um, saved any. Not a penny. <laughs> God. Not a penny. That's terrible. I just lived with my and my means like went on holiday and stuff. So, um, so everyone, a lot of your pals from drama school haven't really worked in that time. Well, you know, or bits they and had, bobs. They had, but they'd just, you know, you've been solid, like, uh-huh. yeah. And then, so then I had to. Oh, did so many jobs. Like I was doing so much promo work, like selling sheds, sheds. Out newspaper, right. wooden flooring, um working in clubs but I was literally working like three shifts like right. I would like get up in the morning do like one of the stupid magazine thing do a day shift then do something at night and I got so ill like oh. it was just anxiety and yeah trying and I was like I couldn't sustain it anymore so I was like I'm going home and were you auditioning in the middle of all that well this is the thing like I had I, I didn't have any time to be an actress at all so you were just making ends like, meet. Uh-huh, and, I, oh. and it was so stressful. And because 
like I was living with people who you know if they got into a situation their parents could help them out or mm-hmm. like I literally had no fallback which is why it's so stupid that I didn't save any money but you know I I couldn't call my mum and say can you pay my rent like mm-hmm. that w- that is just not a possibility at all mm-hmm. um so yeah it really I lost so much weight and I just looked awful and I was like right I'm not even getting to be an actress. I've got no time for anything. Mm-hmm. Can't see theatre. So I was like, right, move home. So then uh, it was quite a quick decision, actually. I was like home within the month. Right. Found somebody to take my room. And then I was back. But then even when I got back here, like, it's quite hard to establish yourself a wee bit. Like, when if you've gone away, you've trained somewhere else. Like, it was oh, totally. Quite, a lot of people have said that to me, actually, about training down south. Um, it was quite hard to try and get my my foot in the door. I, it took a lot of people sort of speaking well of me in order for people to see me. So even just to get seen? Yeah. What kind of things were you getting seen for when you got seen? Well, actually, the first thing... So, um... The first thing I did back in Scotland was, it was just an Oramore. It was Amanda Gawkin. Ah, yeah. I was directing. And um, it was... She was a pace yeah, child. So you, she was really a pal of yours growing up. Uh-huh, and really, right? really good friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she was like, Danny, it's a small part, but... And Scott Reed was the other part, and Anita Vitesse as well. Great. They were, so it was basically a two-hander, and then I just came in and was a wee bam in it for about two minutes. <laughs> Can't think why they thought of you. Oh, cheeky. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I did that. And then I can't remember what I did, what the next thing, like the next step was. Did you have in between things when you came back? Like, oh, working at Pace. You did that uh, all the time, yeah. Yeah, did stuff. Um, so you've always got your hand in. You never, apart from that time in London. Oh, they're so good. Like, you're they're always so good working for within, me. you know. Yeah, like, they've been so great. Because if, you know, I came back and was like, oh, have you got something? They would see if they mm-hmm. did for me and they'd always been really helpful. Like the world's really on your shoulders when you're down oh, there on your own. and oh, So much. And I really, like, I had lovely friends I lived with. Like, really lovely. And they're still some of my closest friends. But you just do feel a little bit like, oh, what am I doing? You feel a little bit alone. Mm. Um but I love going back now. Like I love going back for a wee bit of work and being there for a short period of time. And I love it when I'm working as what I want to be working as. Oh, I think so that's fine. Amazing, yeah, because yeah. then you can swan about and do yeah, all the things that. that yeah. yeah, it's a bit above bubble, isn't it? Uh, but if you're not there, I think it's yeah, it's really hard. So that we or and more was a was that a wee foot in the door for you, and a start a good start. Yeah, I think it actually was. Um, I mean, Amanda knew me anyway already, but yeah. I'm a bit of a pest as well, so... <laughs> that works in your favour, I think. Eventually, uh, people did start to see me for things. The casting thing, like, it seems to be more and more prominent, this thing about calls for casting for women, where it re- there's a lot of that, like... Have you seen the leading lady um, BBC Yeah, that BBC thing? sketch, yeah. So... Do you find... Have you come up against that, do you think? Um, for me, it's more, and I've had this, an intelligence thing. Like, people meet me, and because of the way I speak or the way I look or where I'm from. Sure. Um, they they kind of think I'm stupid. Right. And treat you thus? I mean, don't tr- it's more a sort of dismissiveness. 
Right. Like, okay. so your opinion in the room doesn't matter as much. Or, and I think that also depends on the part you're playing as well. So well, if the part feeds into that, uh, then it just doesn't give you any. So, yeah, I've, I've had that. Like, I've literally had a director saying to me before, um, Oh, I thought you were just a big daft lassie. Wow. And then I was like, Oh, well, no, actually, I've not. That's crazy. I mean, she meant it in not a. Kind of it, joking around, she, no, she just meant that, like, oh, you've actually got more to you, but it was like really backhanded. Right, okay. Compliment, oh, cheers, I mean? yeah, thanks. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of was feeling a bit like I was just constantly getting cast as bams or bimbos or kids, basically. Yeah. And then um, I auditioned for 306 um, Day, and it was Jemima Levick, and I it's the first part that I've read and I'm like, I need to be this part. Yeah, it was amazing. And um but also it kind of just felt like the part was me as well. I was like yeah. So it, I think that was the first time I felt like that was the first role I'd been given where I've I felt um was more than, you know, one of those bimbos or bams or do yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I remember, cause I remember you being here, like talking about the audition and saying, being sort of grabbing onto it, like I need to do well at this audition. I know, this is, and you I don't really want to want put this. that that desperation across, but it's just because no, you don't. I'm I read it and I was like, I really want to do this. So yeah, thank God I got it. <laughs> so that was a big. I mean, I don't know if it was a turning point because I think you were on the up. Yeah. From watching, but that's interesting to have that feeling of the first time a part's really just being something more than just you yeah it was, filling in it, a was a speci- uh-huh, it was like a special yeah. and just the cast were so lovely it was a real lovely experience mm-hmm. um it was a tour wasn't it of sort of mm-hmm. small small local like, uh-huh, kind of venues um over scotland and um yeah it was it was a, a funny little tour because it was the most random places but yeah it was so safe. You know how one of those shows where you're literally, you know, you can do anything and you can yeah. say anything. It was just such a lovely atmosphere. The room was great. And did you get talking to a lot of people who had seen the show afterwards? Did you did you meet people that had seen it and do get you know the reactions? Not a lot of people did see it, like yeah. theatre people, because... Well, that's what I'm interested in, because the, the great thing about these tours to little halls is that it's not theatre people that are going to see uh-huh. it. I love that. Um, Did people, I mean, do you remember what people's reaction was to the piece? I got like really moved by it, I mm-hmm. think. And shocked. And yeah, they seemed to like it. It was, what I loved about it was that it was, it appeared really simple. Mm-hmm. Like it was obviously really That's carefully the, thought out and really well rehearsed. But yeah, but it, but it looked like uh-huh. it just didn't need to be any more complicated. Mm-hmm. Like it was the right amount. Yeah, I loved it. It's one of my still one of my most favourite jobs I've ever done. And then the third part of the trilogy is, is coming up on the way, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think it's now. What's it, the deal with that? It's a small cast, like it. Yeah. Someone said something about. I think it's a three-hander, maybe. Oh, Ollie did tell me. I can't remember. So it's um, Ollie and Gareth um, collaborating again. For uh, that. and I think it's Wells is directing. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, that's amazing the, the music is unbelievable oh it's so beautiful like all the themes yeah it's so clever but i mean trying to get your head around it as someone as someone who doesn't read music i'm talking about oh, me like, like when, trying to, so when i came to ask you for help for the audition that song i just yeah i think everyone had difficulty with it and of course like i jumped into kind of 
well, this is just rubbish. This is nonsense. And actually, if you can put that wee ego aside for a second, because <laughs> I just didn't understand, like looking at it, and yeah. then you hear it in, in situ and you go, no, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, the music just because I didn't get it so, on the page. Because it does have like an operatic feel to it. Um, it I love the music. There's it? not a lot of operatic composers for, for um, composing for theatre yeah. like that in that context. So it's, it's, something, it's a different flavour in it. I'm looking forward to seeing the third part. I like, I've liked both of them, but I, I thought the second one was stronger. That's because I'm your pal. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to see my pal Danny. I saw it in Dundee. Oh yeah, so you did. Which was a wee change. But we were doing a community tour at the time of... Arturo, so it's like oh, I saw that again. Too. Oh, did you? Yeah, me and Fiona came up to see that. So you did tiny little halls, mm-hmm. not theatre people, mm-hmm. just going right. Give us it. What's this? Brecht? No idea. It's and great. just just open up to it. I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. The last thing I saw you in was a oh no, I've forgotten what it's called. Long day's journey in tonight. Oh yes, which was um, dark and weird and emotional and oh, tense and so tense. Yeah so tortured yeah totally but then not not my part though <laughs> not well it had its moments uh, yeah actually i think that was probably one of the most difficult jobs i've had really yeah what was difficult about it just so it's about the family and then mm. i was playing um kathleen the maid who's in and out and you know she brings a bit of light relief she's irish as well mm-hmm. so because that play is so real like I didn't want to come in like a proper stereotype, like oh, like Mrs. Doyle or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's easily done. And also, I think just Dominic's a brilliant director, and he knows exactly what he wants. Like you mm. can't, you can't get away with anything because he's like, if you're trying to just blag something, he's like, no, don't do that. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I found it. I, t- I think I took a little knock to my confidence actually. Um, Cause I just, you know, you you're just. It's one of those jobs you're like, oh, what I'm doing's fine, right? It's I'm not I'm not bad. It's just fine. Yeah. And I, I'm not normally like that. Normally, like, yes, I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't getting that I feeling. I wasn't. I was just kind of like, oh, just. So that's that's not a. I don't think that's a very nice feeling. Do you um, think that's a, a a rite of passage for us to to have every now and again, like a job where we go, yeah, you know, that'll do, or I'm doing okay. I would never say that'll do because I always wanted to be better. So you're always pushing it. Uh-huh, I'm always like, I'm never happy with it. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, that just in that particular job, it was just, it was quite, like the cast were amazing and stuff. And it was a really small, close cast, but it's just, it was a, a difficult journey. It was a long yeah. journey. Ah, how clever. Uh, but then is it something, is it something about having that, that support and role that's outside of the family, like the dynamic of the play itself. Is does that make it difficult? I also think yeah, you're just putting your ego away as well because yeah. it's not that play is not about you at all. Like long day's journey into night, a made story. <laughs> it's not. It's really not, is it? Uh, so, but then it's a total vital part to bring that little bit where the audience can breathe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was just quite hard. And then you that toured, or at least it went. It was a copro, wasn't it? Yeah, so. to Manchester home, which is a lovely venue. And then straight after that, I did a little. Um, I did a show at the King's Head in London, um, 
and I loved that. That was really fun as well, actually. What was it called again? Uh, Immaculate Correction. That's by, right. I wish I'd um, seen it. it was a piece of new writing by um, an amazing uh, woman called Catherine Exposito. What a great name. Yeah. So that was, I mean, in a sense, that was like plain to type, but actually pushing that, wasn't it? Oh, so it was, I was playing a... Uh, I was playing a fourteen-year-old. <laughs> so, so you've had a bit of experience of that, in the and past. Uh, she was like proper Glasgow mm-hmm. uh, Catholic school girl, and it was all about growing up. But it just it had more depth to it. It was yeah. like a real, and it was almost it was a three-hander, but it was this girl's story. Yeah, and it was a lot of the writing was really nice. There was loads of rhyming. There was loads of spoken word. There right. was. I say spoken word, but just there was a lot of rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just some lovely monologues in it. So I felt like, oh, okay, I, I can do it. I can act. I like suppose, especially feeling, coming off the back of yeah, that other job, yeah. It, it gave me a wee bit of, and I really, I really enjoyed that. And it was only, it was so scary. It was five days rehearsal and then five days, five shows, which is a tiny contract, but it was that first Monday when we performed we hadn't run it you hadn't run it hadn't run it in the space Uh, and yeah so that was a bit we'd ran it like we'd ran it on the friday and then we were off on the saturday sunday we weren't in until the monday afternoon and then we had to do the lights and then we didn't run it so i was like i don't know if i know what comes next i was like i literally have no idea but it all went fine it's amazing what we get away with, really, isn't it? I know. But how do they get away with that? Like, f- five days rehearsal? I can't I, it's be because um, it was part of a festival and also the King's Heads always want to pay their actors as well. So, obviously, they don't have a lot of money. So, they, they, so they pay you properly for a short search, time uh-huh. rather than badly Basically, for a long time. I think so. Oh, I suppose I can see the sense in that. Um, but it was really good fun. Um, but terrifying. That first, that first Monday. But That's got to be even bus. more terrifying than Chatterbrick Monday or more. I mean, you've had oh, two weeks at that point. 100% more. Yeah, that's crazy. 100% more scary. And now you're going to keep going with the Scottish theme. Mm-hmm. But you'll be all over with, with Rebus. Yeah, so that starts um, at Birmingham Rep. Mm-hmm. And it comes back up to Edinburgh, the Kings, in October. And then I'm not even sure where it goes, actually. But it's a bit of a tour. It's like a Aberdeen, yeah, Northampton. I want to say Nottingham. All those great places we've visited uh, before. Yes. Um, so it's not like a massive long tour, but it's got a nice little journey. So you'll be back and have Christmas off. Yes, and that ends the end of November, and then I don't really know what I'm going to do. Hopefully, in this job, I save some money because I'm really bad. Do you want me to remind you? Well, so I text you. What, just every day saying? No, not <laughs> not every day. <laughs> but just like saving money, Danny. Well, if I do it, I could do it on payday. Like, right, see as soon as it comes in, put some away. I know, but I do do that, and then oh, I need to get out <laughs> again. <laughs> so there's no point in me reminding you. Then. I know, I know what difference. I need to do, but yeah, no, I will. I'll save some. So it's by Ronan Monroe this play. Yeah, so it's Ian Rankin's story. Oh, uh, he came up with the story, and it's a story that we've not seen before. Yeah. Right, so it's not from one of the Rebus books, it's a new... No, he's retired now. Rebus is? Yep. Right, okay. Um. So it's a new story. And um, Charlie Lawson is playing Rebus? Yes. He's Northern Irish, isn't he? Yes. So I wonder 
Is he going to be doing his Edinburgh accent? Well, I, I think probably because John Rebus is so, so from Edinburgh. Yeah, there's no getting around that, is there? Yeah, so I imagine he will be doing... But we've, I don't start rehearsals until next ne- Monday. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, John Stahl. You get to work with Stahl again. I know, legend. And of course the question is always, will he have the beard, will he not have the beard? You never I, know I until don't, you see I, him. I don't think he'll have the beard for I this one. I think he's playing a kind of sharp, gangstery kind of guy. He can do that really well, especially without the beard. Yeah. I did I, the Winter's Tale with him and he wore um, a oh yeah, turtleneck and a that. black suit. And he was kind of... Yeah. Quite a, quite a figure. Because he's, he's, he's so large. Like he's, he's very so, tall. Yeah. yeah. He's a powerful man. So you get to work with John Stahl again. I know. You'll be like, oh, God. Oh, not, not her. Not Danny. But then when we did the James Plays, we were just like kids, really. Do you remember I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but we died. really. You thought he died. <laughs> right. What? <laughs> Do you remember? It was the second play. I can't remember where we were. But before, just before I was going on, when I was acting like the wee baby. <laughs> Um, uh, he had hurt himself in a box or something and mm-hmm. I'd heard him being like oh fuck <laughs> or something so then we went on stage and <laughs> we were doing the play and then Cynthia the stage manager walked on oh the sword the gas from the sword she the was fire like, or something um, she was like sorry we're just going to have to stop but I I've never had that when I stage when you're in the middle of acting and it's like really dark piece and it's all and then something I just walked on and was like oh sorry um we're just going to stop we've had a bit of a tech and I I do not know why <laughs> but my first thought was oh my god John Stahl's died that's terrible it's because he'd hurt himself on the box before and I'd, I don't know I heard him saying ow right before the so you didn't know on. it was a box you just heard him go ah so yeah. you thought oh maybe he's really hurt and then I thought that was maybe right. I'm being dramatic. I didn't think he'd died, but but your head went. It must be John. Uh, but my head does that, so it goes to I the know, worst thing. Crazy. So, uh, but really, it was just uh, this the sword that goes and fire. There was something wrong with it. I remember that. Yeah. So sorry, my hat keeps hitting the mic. It's fine. You will come in here with a hat on, <laughs> and the sunglasses keep hitting the mic stand. And, I don't oh, have sunglasses on, Brian. They'll never know. Mm. I've never had that actually. I've never been on stage in the middle of a scene and stage managers walked on and stopped. It was the show. so scary. My, my heart, I, I got the nervous giggles. And then when we had to walk back on into the position we ended in, that was horrible. Did you walk on and like work in light and then go? We literally <laughs> had to walk on and then get into the position and start again. It was awful. I hated it. But what's weird is two minutes later, night, nightgown. we were back in it and it, you just keep going, don't you? Because I was, yeah. I was standing by, I was waiting to come on and I'm going, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get back into the middle of that? You just did it. Because I had that wee dolly and that wee hat and the wee nightgown on. Oh yeah. Remember? James, no! Uh-huh. That one. What was it you screamed? Don't know. James. Probably just something, James. Something like that. There was yeah. a lot of screaming of James. <laughs> and for me, lots of, yeah, here, yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's very good. Right? Thank you. Thank you. I I enjoyed, we, we did uh, pre-recorded stuff for when the the guards were searching everywhere for the king oh yeah i remember those. and they used to play it out of the, there were speakers all over you know planked everywhere in the set and what's in the house and in the back and stuff and i used to stand behind a speaker and young cat young callum callum's voice used to come out of just this one speaker and to me it was like right beside me but of course the audience it's like distant and weird and he was going search everywhere <laughs> and it was like the least oh, medieval callum. thing you've ever heard you're like search everywhere I'm sure the effect was wonderful if you were sitting in the auditorium, but it's funny, course. isn't it? It's only because you know Callum. Us just upstairs in the loft of the sets going, search, look look for him. Where, where is he? <laughs> and going, this will never work. <laughs> it did. It did work. 
did. So you start that next Monday. You're rehearsing. Where are you rehearsing? In London. Don't know where yet. So that means you get to go do that thing that you love. Is go yeah. down there, be employed, <laughs> swan about, uh-huh. live and your it's, life. It's nice because all my really close friends from school, at drama school, yeah. are still down there. And then I've got friends from Pace, actually, who live down there. My friend Mark, who I'm staying with. So it's nice, like... Even though you're going for work, it's oh, it's a wee holiday as We well. catch up. Mm-hmm. Good. But then you've got your Lambda pals that formed that uh, mischief company, didn't they? Yes. Now, are the those original team members, are they out in New York now? Uh, they were. They're are they not, done? Uh, uh, it's another cast is in New All York right. just now. They're so busy doing, they've got like 5 million projects on the under like things happening and stuff right. like that. So. so the main shows are just running now yeah. and they're up to, they're cooking up other stuff. Yeah. So they did the play that goes wrong. They did Peter Pan goes wrong. Bank robbery. Probably about bank robbery. And there's more coming, is there? I I think so, yeah. And nothing's been announced, but I think there's, I think there's some stuff. Just don't go too far from them. Always be nearby, <laughs> being hilarious and you know, oh, versatile. So versatile. I can do. It. Oh, I'm cold and all <laughs> that. <laughs> so funny. it up on stuff. Yeah. Look oh, at me. So good. <laughs> They're great. You yeah, in the same are. year as them? Uh, a few of them. Yeah. Um, and then a, a few of them were the year above. So the mystery continues after Rebus, but it's the same for all of us, isn't it? Like, what am I going to do next? Yeah, no idea. What would you like to do, though? If you could do anything? Um, go on holiday? <laughs> <laughs> Let's no, I, w- I would like to... the industry? Oh, right, okay. I was like, no, I would like to go away. I, w- I want to go to Italy, and I want to see Ludovico and Audi play. Oh, so you do? Are you going to do it? Well, it depends how much money I save. You have to save from your job. Um, well, I would like to do some screen stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the next thing I'd like to do because I've not, I've not got very much experience of that at all. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do a- anything on TV or film, basically. Yeah. Like a nice, a nice wee part. Something nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that would be my next thing. But you write as well, don't you? Yeah, actually, I was doing some writing yesterday. Um, I want to, during this tour, mm-hmm. finish my first draft of that, of the thing I'm writing just now, which I'm nearly finished, actually, so I should be able to do that. Which is a play. It's a play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't really know what you do after that. Get some people to read it, get redraft it. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. So get we'll some, some trusted person who really knows what they're talking about to read yeah, it. Yeah, get a few few writer people to read it as well. People that aren't just going to go, great, well done you. Yeah, so... Because mm-hmm. I know tons of them that I could send my script to. <laughs> people that would just go, wow, great, that's amazing. Yeah. It feels no, great, but doesn't actually get you anywhere. Do you know who's pretty good? George Koskin, um, right. who was in Long Day's Journey with me. He is He's constantly sends a wee message going, writing, have you got anything to send me yet? I'm oh, right. Like, so you said you were going to send him uh, and now and he's like, not letting it go. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, I'll keep on asking. He's going to be on Egghead soon. Is he? <laughs> Have they got a team together of like actor people? I, they must do, because he's a writer as well. He's got he's a novelist as well. He's written his own. Is he? Yeah. Um, he was great in that show. Yeah, he's oh, he's a lovely man. Doesn't he it? live abroad? Yeah, he lives in France. Oh, check that. He's he, but he's just an absolute legend of a man. Lives in France, writing novels. Yeah. I mean, there's an it's an image, isn't it? Yeah. Fair play. But he's so not that as well. Yeah. He's like. That paints a picture that's probably not true. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's very cool. We should write together. We still need to do that. Yeah, we're going to do a musical. We need an idea. You need to come up with an idea. Okay. 
I just corrected myself there because that's that's really not my. I don't have ideas for things like at the start. People but we like, we know the type of thing we want to do. We just need an idea. We know the flavour. I we just need to sit down and actually do it. We want something kind of Scottish, but not tartan. Yeah, not Harry like oh, I'm so sc-. just like you just happen to be Scottish. Yeah, and relatively gritty. Yep. I kind of, the word gritty is a bit passy now, but like that kind of thing. Real. Kind of real. Earthy. Ah, uh, but, but a musical. But a musical, yeah. yeah. We start that next year, right? Yeah, next year. Okay, cool. What um, are you doing over December? Uh, I finish working on the 15th of December and I'm t- cr- taking Christmas off. Good. Are you suggesting that we start writing a musical in December? Oh yeah, I'm not doing anything. You don't know, you could be, anything could happen. I know. I'm Who not knows? pinning myself down to that. Right, next year we write a musical, me and you. Brilliant. Okay, coming your way. Danny Herring, my good pal, and I wish her all the best with Rebus Long Shadows. You'll be able to catch it at uh, many venues across the country. It's worth having a look on Birmingham Rep's website about that, and uh, I hope to catch it myself. So I'll get back now to my script. I've got so much work to do to prepare myself to uh, be Antonio, figure out where he's been, where he is between the scenes, what he's up to. I'm going to just get dug in here and see, see what I can find. And uh, before I go, I will mention my sponsor, Purple Panda Media. They have done my website and logo design, as you probably know. And uh, if you're looking for anything like that, then please do check them out, purplepandamedia.com. Next week, I've got a very exciting guest uh, who has recently appeared in both the National Theatre version and Broadway productions of Angels in America with such names as Nathan Lane and Denise Goff. So I'll let you keep guessing about that one. That's my guest next week. And of course, being in Edinburgh and having just been introduced to a whole new company of actors, most of whom I've never worked with, and an amazing creative team. And being at the Lyceum, I have a chance to do some really exciting interviews. So rest assured, the guests will keep coming thick and fast. Every Wednesday, a brand new guest where we have a creative conversation and we figure out how we put it together. So, thank you so much for being part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all your lovely tweets. And uh, I hope you enjoy the archive as well. Because remember, there are loads of episodes back there. And if you've not heard them all, I'm sure they might be worth a wee listen. Thanks very much for listening this week, as always. And I'll speak to you next week. I'll just say what I always say at this point on the show. Cheerio now. <laughs>